Last week, CBIA hosted our annual Connecticut Business Day event virtually. Governor Ned Lamont answered pressing questions from an audience of over 200 business leaders discussing the state's vaccine rollout, how he hopes to prioritize federal relief funding, and what policies he's supporting to rebuild and grow Connecticut's economy. This Q&A was moderated by none other than CBIA President and CEO Chris Stephen As always, be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here's the conversation between Chris and Governor Lamont. Enjoy. Good to see you again, Governor. Hey, good morning, everybody. And um, Chris, you're not missing a beat. You are everywhere. So um, CBIA, you have a strong advocate there, Chris. Let me just give you a quick review of where I think we are right now, and I'm happy to stick around a little bit. Um, First and foremost, I think you know where we are in COVID. Um, The numbers have been stable, pretty good. The most vulnerable in our population have been uh, vaccinated or will be vaccinated over the next, uh, you know, less than a week. That's people over the age of uh, 55, where 95% of uh, the complications and fatalities are. And that's why we feel confident that um, on Friday we can open things up in the sense of our restaurants and retail establishments uh, at 100%. Uh, Again, continuing to urge and say, wear the mask when you're in close company. This is not Texas or Mississippi, but we think we can open, we can open safely. And uh, those protocols could change over a period of time, you know, as well. Uh, The other big thing, as you know, that's happening is, uh, the federal stimulus bill that's coming through, um, what that's going to mean in terms of, um, you know, for me, number one priority is our schools. We've got 150,000 kids who have not been in school uh, over the last nine months. You know, let's face it, we've had more of our schools open. They're all open, um, virtually all open uh, for full time. Uh, some are still hybrid in the high school area. Our, our job now is to get the kids who are reluctant back into school, just like their parents who are reluctant to get them vaccinated. And uh, the heart of what we're gonna do with our money, and here I could use your help, is um, start the school year up again in July. Uh, not necessarily in the classroom, STEM. I mean, things that kids can do that are fun, socializing, get them back in the game. And a lot of that's gonna be tied to, um, you know, internships and workforce and summer camps. And here I'd ask you to, you know, think broadly out loud um, in terms of how perhaps you can um, get kids introduced to sort of what you do with your business and make that part of their um, their learning going forward. Uh, you know, my feeling in terms of a lot of the bills that you hear being uh, uh, negotiated and debated uh, in the Capitol. Look, first of all, tell every, all your members, you know, relax a little bit. There are hundreds of bills and everyone gets a hearing. Um, uh, what happens from there is uh, complicated, but very few get through the maze. You know, my feeling, uh, which is um, uh, we don't need, um, you know, higher taxes. Uh, I know, you know, New York and some other places are uh, pushing that way hard. I know there's some interest in the legislature, but you got to remember that um Whatever you think of the stimulus bill, you know, it's about $10 billion to the state of Connecticut. Most of that in terms of direct payments, the $1,400, the unemployment with the $300 true up, less than $600, which is where it was last year. Um, what that means in terms of um, the child tax care credit, which I think is really good. I hope that actually survives. I think that makes a big difference for these families. Um, that's going to make an enormous difference, I think, in our economy. I think our economy is like a coiled spring. I think it could 
snap back and snap back pretty quickly over the course of the next, uh, you know, three, six months. I had dinner with the president of JetBlue the other day. He's surprised at how fast um, travelers are getting back. These are, you know, mainly um, for vacation, but still coming back. And uh, so with that, I urge, you know, you to tell, you know, stay cautious at the workplace. Um, uh, it's still really important. Our, 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 my biggest worry now is the um, variant that's um, coming through New York City. It looks like the vaccines uh, are working, um, but they did spike up a little bit over the last few days. Spike is the wrong word, trended up a little bit. Uh, so that's the one worry I've got, but I really believe that we're uh, getting through this um, and we're going to have a we're going to have a pretty good uh, spring summer, is is my hope. Um, other big things in the legislature, um, we've got some plans out there to hold down healthcare costs, not necessarily by some public option, but ways that we can uh, reduce costs, which is the underlying driver for um, healthcare costs. I know what that means for your small business. Uh, the um, the stimulus money also provides significant subsidies on the exchange. Um, whatever you think about the exchange, it will bring down healthcare costs um, dramatically for um, you know small business and and working families uh, as needed. And there'll be one or two additional players on the exchange who uh, looks like will represent a ten to fifteen percent savings um, for small business as well. So I think that's um, an extraordinary positive. You know, one thing that's a little more um, contentious as usual is uh, I still have to figure out how to pay for our transportation fund. Um, you know, over the last 20 years, they borrowed a lot of money, the transportation fund, you know, often to good purpose, don't get me wrong, but all of our um, gasoline um, tax revenues are going to pay off, you know, past due, you know, bonded expenses, a little bit like the state of Connecticut. And uh, it looks like uh, with Mayor Pete and what's coming out of the uh, Department of Transportation, I think on a bipartisan basis, I hope there will be a significant transportation bill coming forward. And, um, and for us to be able to pay our 20% share of that, we do have to show a, a recurring revenue to do it. So I know um, it's not that popular with a, a lot of the folks there, but we do have um, uh, the TCI plan out there, which is capped at five cents um, at the wholesale level that would make uh, raise about $90 million for us as well as um, for the big tractor trailer trucks. Don't let them tell you it's the small local delivery. Big tractor trailer trucks, uh, the highway user fees, similar to what our neighboring state, New York and others are doing. So it's a way that we could raise a little bit of money that makes us best advantage to speed up transportation, speed up our commute and, um, and continue to fix our roads and bridges. Um, that's my one ask if you can figure out, you know, uh, if you could find ways to support that, um, it's never easy in the legislature, right? Oh my God, there must be another way to do it. Um, I've explored uh, every other way. And uh, I think this makes the most sense, but I don't wanna leave you on that. I wanna leave you with the fact that I think the Connecticut economy is strong. Our budget is strong. I think we're gonna continue to make a big effort to get people back to work. You should know in, in closing that uh, the other big thing we're getting out of this federal money is childcare and daycare. And uh, Beth By work hard uh, working with uh, Chris and the CBIA, how we can help you in terms of childcare to help you get people back to work, get those restaurants back at 100% capacity. And uh, you know, for the near term, we can pay for that. So these are all reasons that I'm optimistic. I hope you're optimistic and I appreciate all the good work that CBIA does.
Governor, thanks for those remarks and really for the inspiration. I've been talking to your team and I'm hearing from the business community. It's been a year now, Governor, and I think we're all a little more down, probably no one more than you, so to your credit. And uh, and, and I appreciate the inspiring remarks. We just we're close, right, Governor? I mean, we as you 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 had a big change yesterday, pulling forward the vaccine rollout to Friday for uh, age 45 up, and then saying, "Hey, come April, everyone who who can uh, will be able to get the vaccine." That that's an inspirational sign. We would you say, Governor, we're pretty close to the other side of this tunnel? I'd say we're um, in the ninth inning. Um, I'm a baseball fan. Know a lot of games are won and lost in the ninth inning, but if uh, you know, we um, we stick to our strategy. Um, I think you're going to find June's a pretty nice month. And as Johnson, in his opening remarks, Governor, uh, kudos to you and the team for the pivot to the age base. It's, it's obviously you had the data, you had the science that said it, it seemed easier. It was working well with the earlier groups. Um, yeah, some of the business community were probably like, ah, we've been preparing for this and now you're making a change. But honestly, as we told your group, it, it was the right move at the right time, and it seems to be working. It doesn't seem to be working. It is working very well, as evidenced by the pull-up. So I, I think that's true, Chris. Other states are doing it um, right now. It, it really focuses on public health, like I said, and because it's simpler, it's a lot less open to the games that you know are going on elsewhere. And I think it's fairer, and uh, not to uh, remove the fact that we have to go after the underserved population to make sure that everybody gets vaccinated. Yeah, anything we could do to get that message out. Governor, we have a few questions for you. I know we got you for a few minutes here. Um, let's start maybe on, uh, with some bad news and then work our way positive to some, some good news because there is a lot of good news here in Connecticut. But last week, uh, we had a revised job number released on Friday uh, that showed that we actually lost about 20,000 more jobs in 2020 than our, than our ending number. And the, this isn't unusual. The numbers always get uh, revised as, a good, as clean data comes in. Does that change your strategy at all for this session, the economic strategy that you rolled out, the budget strategy? Um, I, don't I don't think it does, Chris. I think the, there, there may be a blip in the numbers. Here's what you gotta know, that um, in terms of GDP, we have much more of our economy open and we always have than all of our uh, peer states. And that's helped our income tax, it's stabilized our sales tax. So from a budget point of view, uh, we're in good shape. Where we got hit, let's face it, is in the service economy. That's restaurants, hospitality. That impacts unemployment. That I care about deeply. So that's why, A, opening up at 100%, B, childcare and other ways we can um, help people, make it easier for them to get back to work. You know, see what we got in terms of work share. If you can't afford to hire that person full-time, bring them back uh, half-time and we'll pay the other half. We, meaning the state and the feds, ways to get people back to work. Yeah, and as you mentioned in your remarks, Governor, um, there may be another positive here too, and that is this kind of pent up travel that you talked about. The, the sector that we probably expected to be the last to come out, the lagging sector is the commercial aerospace sector, which is a big sector in Connecticut, as I think everyone on this call knows. And you know, the early forecast was maybe no recovery to 23 or 2024. Now there's some numbers saying there's an incredible amount of pent up demand for at least personal travel. Um, that may see uh, an early recovery of commercial uh, aerospace manufacturing, commercial travel in general. And you had the conversation. Yeah, no, that's a great news for Brad and Whitney Jet Engines and Bradley Airport and showing that our, um, you know, we're getting back in the game. Um, for all those kids coming back from um, spring break in Fort Lauderdale on the beaches, uh, slow down just a little bit or um, make sure if you're feeling bad or get vaccinated, uh, I'd be a priority. Agreed.
agree, Governor. Governor, another question um, over here is, um, is you talked about the American Rescue Act that the president signed in, in the, the billions of dollars, $10 billion that Connecticut will get in a variety of ways, the state getting, I believe, $2.7 billion directly, our education, uh, our schools getting $1.1 billion. Um, do you have priorities for that funding? And are you concerned that some may just see it as a license to spend? Found money on the street and let's go crazy with it. Yeah, I, I am. Um, the easiest thing I can do is um, here's the state and local. Um, come in, give us uh, your um, list of all the you know favored um, groups you've got in your town. We have 169 different strategies. And I think uh, this is money that if properly invested, and thankfully, Chris, we don't have to do it by the end of this calendar year or some, which would have been disastrous. They gave us two years for education, three years for the um, state municipal. So we have time to make a, a transformative difference. And it would be a tragedy. And if uh, we found $1.9 trillion at the end of year two, you said, what'd you get for it? It was uh, frivoled away. So we're gonna work really closely with um, legislators. We're gonna work very closely with superintendents and mayors, but put in place, I'd like to think a statewide strategy, how childcare works with workforce development works with apprenticeship programs at our um, community colleges, getting people back to work, do something that makes a long-term difference. And Governor, we, we support one of your major strategies for it that you rolled out before the funds even came available, but obviously you had some insights and that's using it to fund the, uh, the out-year deficits, if you will, keep the rainy day fund intact, continue with the surplus of the rainy day fund, which allows us to pay down our long-term liabilities, which in our surveying of members is always the number one concern the business community has is how are we going to fund these long-term liabilities or hanging overhead. Uh, so we're, we, we're right there with you, Governor, if there's anything we could do to advocate for the use of the funds, obviously, aside from economic growth, we'd all just like to see massive economic growth that funds the out-year deficits that we have, which are much lower than originally planned. Uh, so if anything we could do to help you, is, is that still your strategy? Use some of those federal funds for the out-year budget, keep the rainy day fund intact? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we put in place a budget that uh, assumed for the next two fiscal years, the next one starting on July 1, that without having any broad-based tax increases, uh, we could uh, continue to provide all the key social services that are more necessary than ever without a tax increase. And we just figured, um, A, we have a rainy day fund, uh, well over $3 billion today. So that was our backstop. We're not going to have to use that because of the money we're getting from the feds that will, and if I was business, you know, one of the things I like, um, you know, outside of just cutting all the taxes, at least some predictability and stability. And I think that is what I can assure you right now that over the next, um, you know, foreseeable future, which for me is two or three years, um, you know, you, you know what you're going to get. Um, you're right, though. I, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We still have um, enormous unfunded, uh, you know, liabilities. That's uh, debt as well as pension. But you know, for the first time in history, um, we're putting money back into the pension fund. Uh, last year, a little bit. This uh, end of this fiscal year, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, we got a long way to go, but at least it sets a direction. Yeah, and we've been saying, Governor, and we hear from the business community, and I know you were there, and I was both in private sector as well, uncertainty is the enemy of business. So if that's the enemy, then certainty is the friend of business, and that's that's great. That predictability is, is key. Governor, you know, we've emphasized a number of key themes in our Rebuilding Connecticut policy campaign, which are now our policy priorities for 2021. We're going to have a legislative panel after you talk about why they supported those policy uh, priorities and sign the policy pledge. 
And one of those is greater collaboration between the public and private sector, something that you really seem to embrace. You know, I'm a big fan of collaboration as well. What role do you see businesses playing in the recovery? Oh, I think, um, look, as, as you remember, Chris, uh, back when everything was uh, closing down last spring, at the same time, we set up our reopening committee. And I had, um, you know, uh, ingenuity and business leaders, many of whom probably are here um, at the front table saying, we want to start getting things open. How do we do it safely? If I'm going to open up a restaurant, give us your best idea of how we can do that safely. And, and, and Chris, we were aligned. I mean, if you're a restaurant owner, you want to do it in a way that A, your employees know they so they can come back and feel like they're safe or otherwise they wouldn't come back. Your customers, the same thing. So going forward, like I said before, um, I think workforce development, a couple with daycare, couple with our apprenticeship programs, everything we can do to work together. Give us, a, I want to work with CBA. I want to work with you. I want to work with uh, Joan and Kevin and Kerry and some of the uh, legislators I see on this uh to make sure we come up with a long-term strategy that gets Connecticut back to work. Because you want to know how we solve a lot of our long-standing um, long-term fiscal issues, growth. Yeah, no doubt. And having those many voices at the table, Governor, something you, you clearly seem to embrace. It gives you different perspectives. You, you, you have that, that rustle, if you will, that tumble of, of opinions. And it's, it's not disagreeing to disagree. It's disagreeing to come up with the best solution. And, and really, we've been applauding you. I know the chambers have been applauding you and your, your administration for not only accessibility, but that embracing of the public-private partnership that we've been trying to push the great stories of our businesses in Connecticut out uh, at CBIA. And I know the chambers have been partnering with us, with us on that to, to really let the residents and the lawmakers, some still, I think, see businesses as the enemy and really educating the lawmakers and the residents about the great things the businesses do not just creating jobs, but all they do for the communities, whether it's sponsoring the sports league or food bank or soup kitchens, internships, apprenticeship, as you mentioned, governor, scholarships, uh, our businesses are, are there and, and we saw them during COVID. So uh, credit to you and the administration for really- uh, Hey, to a lot of you guys, um, we were scrambling for a PPE, remember about a year ago, just desperate for it. And there was no stockpile in Washington and I'm calling China. And um, I got to tell you, it was a lot of businesses said, hey, we have an extra thousand masks and so we're going to help you out. So the frontline healthcare workers get support. People are extraordinarily generous. It's great to see that that's the heart of Connecticut. That's what we're going to capitalize on. We've got, did it to get through the, uh, the pandemic recovery. And now we're going to capitalize on that for our economic recovery. Governor, um, you know, one thing we've been seeing, I'll say more on the negative side is a lot of conversation in session um, about some labor bills and mostly from the labor committee. And it's, some of them are, you know, really anti, I don't want to say business, but just anti-competitiveness, anti-embracing what we've just been talking about, nurturing our businesses so that we can grow the economy, um, especially at a time when businesses have been struggling. Are, are you concerned with keeping the legislator focused on the recovery? Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm not, you got to be a little more specific on what those bills are, but um, I think you'll hear from the legislative panel in a minute. Um, we go through a lot of hoops. And like I said, every bill has a, a champion and um, you, you get your day in the sun, but then you go through um, a compromise. You have um, you know, moderates and liberals and progressives uh, getting together saying, what does make the best difference for the long-term? And I think a lot of these things do get weeded out. So again, I just urge your members, uh, don't worry about that particular headline. Um, 
uh, see, see how it sorts out. But again, I would ask the legislative panel because they'll give you a pretty good insight into what has legs and what doesn't. I think you know okay. where I stand, though, which is um, doing everything we can to get our economy moving again. We'll certainly do that, Governor. Yeah, there's been some bills expanding workers' cap liabilities and some background checks, and we'll make sure we talk to the legislator about that. It's uh, as you've been saying, we need to change the narrative. It's the year of the Connecticut comeback, and we need to make sure that happens. And, and you're absolutely right about the bills. I mean, we're not trying to, as you know, we're, we're trying to be very optimistic and positive in the future of Connecticut. And um, it is highlighting some of these potentially harmful bills, but you're absolutely right. More than 2,500 bills were, were uh, dropped during the session at a time when we were supposed to have less bills, uh, not more. Uh, and everyone gets their day in the, in the sun, but hopefully uh, only a very few come out and only the, the ones that come out are the, the more positive ones the supporters of growth. Um, and to that point, Governor, is the public option. You talked about lowering healthcare costs. We surveyed our membership and 97% said we need to lower healthcare costs. The National Association of Manufacturers recently released their fourth quarter survey. I think it was last week and healthcare costs uh, concerns were near the top of the concerns that the national manufacturers uh, had. So very similar to what we see in Connecticut. We are, as you know, are concerned about the public option proposal. We need to lower healthcare costs. We don't think that's the way to do it. Concerns around the transparency of the state-run healthcare, lack of regulatory oversight, things like that. What's your position on public option? You talked a little bit about reinsurance and other ways to lower healthcare costs. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I've said on uh, quote the public option is um, a you don't want um, the taxpayers subsidizing. And you don't want the taxpayers underwriting uh, a lot of the uh, risk there. Uh, we've been underwriting pensions and debt and stuff for a long time, and uh, that's not the way to go. Uh, you'll, you'll have a Carrie Wood on a little bit. She'll really be able to give you the insights there. Uh, you know, I, A, I challenged the health, um, the health insurance community. I said, we're the health, you know, we're the insurance capital of the world. Come up with creative ideas to bring down the cost for small business, you know. It's, those healthcare costs were crushing me. You know, I had a couple hundred people in my business. You know, those those numbers were going up relentlessly, and it was just uh, you had to keep uh, paying that. So um, I think um, a we're going to have some uh, plans on there that are going to reduce costs. Um, B we can talk a little bit about how we try and um, do a better job of reducing the rate of increase in drug costs. And C, um, I think you're seeing uh, some real efforts to come up with preferred networks. So let's say in the case of state employees, they don't go just anywhere, some of which are three times more expensive to get that same procedure as somewhere else. We'll give you an incentive to go to places that are less cost. These are the type of creative ideas we have. And you're right, we're looking at the reinsurance as well as one way that we can bring down costs you know, on the exchange. What you really ought to know is there'll be a dramatic decrease in costs on the exchange, uh, really thanks to some of the subsidies you see coming out of the stimulus bill. Yeah, and, and as you said, Governor, we have great minds here in Connecticut when it comes to uh, health insurance and healthcare in general. And so uh, back to the public-private partnership, right? Let's leverage that and uh, let's figure out the best solutions to, to lower it. Go Governor, in addition to public option, one of the other things that's getting I'll say a lot of attention, uh, certainly yesterday, it got a lot of press as well, and has been, is the potential statewide property tax, uh, some people calling it a mansion tax to help fund our cities. Um, there's, there's concerns around that from a variety of individuals. You know, I don't think many people feel $350,000 house is, is a mansion, uh, especially since our real estate finally in Connecticut has been growing, which is what individual residents want to see, personal income growth, property value growth. Uh, how, any thoughts that you have on, on a statewide property tax increase? Um, 
I don't support it. I, I, I don't think it's going anywhere. And I don't think we need it. And, um, you know, we, we are going to be able to do a good job of holding down property taxes or even better around the estate, A, with a lot of the municipal aids, um, you know, coming through to people. And Chris, as you point out, look, for the first, you know, we've been losing population, our small towns, our schools have been depopulating. Um, this has gone on for, uh, you know, a decade. And uh, last year, last year, of all things, we A, we started up more businesses than we had before, at least um, on paper. And B, we had 50,000 people move to the state of Connecticut. And not all old guys like me. I mean, young people with young families and entrepreneurs who wanted to start up businesses. That made that makes a big difference in terms of bringing our towns and cities uh, to life. You know, we don't need more taxes. We need more taxpayers, as I've said a hundred times. And that made a difference on our budget as well. I don't want to step in the way of that momentum. Absolutely, Governor. It's what we've all been kind of complaining about for 10, 15, 20 years, maybe longer, right? Is that the businesses left, the jobs left, the individuals left, whether they were tied to those jobs or for some other reason. And finally, this last year, we saw individual growth. We saw record number of business startups, 40,000 growth, I think 22,000 net business startups in Connecticut. Taxpayer base expansion, if you talk about growing the growing the base, not growing the, the amount of taxes. Um, and as a result, we we uh, pivoted from a deficit this year to a surplus, and we we lowered the deficits in the out years. That was part of it, not the only only reason. And that's that's why we embrace policies. As we say in the business community, it's not just supporting uh, policies that grow the businesses for the businesses. It's for every resident of Connecticut. They want to see personal income growth. They want to see job opportunities so that they can have a career and grow. And then they want to see real estate growth. And, and we've seen those three things, Governor, and, and uh, appreciate you emphasizing that we need to capitalize on them. And certainly the statewide property tax is not the way to do it. Governor, let's crystal ball it here if you can. Uh, you know, This time next year, you're back at business day. Hope we're in person. Hopefully we're back to normal. Uh, you're addressing the big crowd uh, over in the LOB and um, either tell us what you think the economy will look like 12 months from now, or, or what do you want it to look like? You close your eyes, what do you envision Connecticut looking like 12 months from now? Oh, I, I believe that um, a year from now will be um, in even better shape. I think, um, you know, you'll know where our budget is and uh, we have fiscal stability where you've got a lot of um, uh, unanswered questions in, in some of our neighboring states. So people taking a second look at the state of Connecticut I think from a lifestyle point of view, a lot of people, um, you know, hey, my kid, I want to be in the big millennial city where it's uh, all happening. Well, maybe that was true uh, five years ago. It's a lot less true today. I think you're going to continue to see a trend, uh, I believe, of moving uh, people moving out here. That means for your businesses, uh, makes it easier to find, um, you know, talent that you can get to work. My job is to make sure that talent is uh, got the uh, training they need to fit the needs of uh, each and every one of you. And I'll be particularly proud when I'm able to say um, all of our kids are back in school. And uh, we made a big effort. It's all about the kids to get them back in the game. We worked hard over the last year, and I'd like to think they're catching up and uh, they got a sunnier future too. Well, we, we look forward to working with you, Governor, and making that vision happen. Thanks for your time today. Hopefully we will see you soon in a a packed yard goat stadium, uh, Dunkin' Donuts Stadium, maybe thrown out the first pitch after uh, we've all been vaccinated and we're, and we're back to uh, full capacity. So thanks thanks for everything you've done the past year. Thanks for supporting the business community, CBIA, the chambers and everyone. We know it's been a long year uh, and we're almost at the end, Governor, so we appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Hey, Chris, yeah, you and I, we're gonna go to yard goats together. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, 
each and every one of you. Thank you. And thank you for being champions for the state of Connecticut. I mean, you can't have one, one person sales job here. And nobody has better credibility about where this state is going than each and every one of you. You all have associates or partners or supply chain out of state. Um, tell them to rethink and come on over. We, we need them here in Connecticut. Thanks, everybody. For the latest Connecticut business news, events, and resources, visit cbia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on LinkedIn and Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there. Thank you.